everybody. What's happening? I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Tonight on DrBoyceTV.com, we're going to actually do something really fun. I'm going to kind of do sort of like Dr. Boyce does the news. We're going to talk about news in the financial space. We're going to talk about some issues in the black space. We're going to talk about some things that are on my mind and just have a really fun conversation. So we're going to learn a lot, uh, dig into some issues, uh, hopefully have some uh, spark some light inside our thinking. So uh, do me a favor, get comfortable, buck up seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're getting started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. What's up, everybody? We're going to have a really great conversation. It's going to be fun. Uh, get, let's do a quick audio check. Uh, Jermaine Trusty, Clifford, Tony Brown, I see you. Uh, Ty Thomas, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me. Give me a quick yes if you can hear me okay. Um, I, I want to make sure that I'm coming through all right. Ty is out of Columbus, Ohio. Go Buckeyes. You think we're going to win a championship this year, man? I think that I think that they will. I think that they will. Now, um, as for Colorado and Coach Prime, that, that championship might be coming in a couple years, but we ain't going to write him off. You know, I, I took a survey, and most of y'all actually think he's a good coach, and I agree with you. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if he can actually turn that around and get him an offensive line and make some things happen. Now, give me a quick yes in the chat uh, if you uh, can hear me. I want to just make sure I'm coming through all right. I, I got to look at, in the comments, and, and once I get the yeses, then I can move on. Okay, so uh, let's see. Ty says, let go. All right, so let's go. All right, Chris, uh, good to see you. Tracy, shout out the city you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Donald Martin, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, and uh, I said Jermaine Trusty. Uh, Tracy Hempfield Walker, very nice to see you, sister. Good to see you. All right, so, uh, so yeah, so tonight I thought we'd have some fun and just have a general conversation about, you know, a lot of topics, uh, including things that I might call black wealth secrets. But also what I'm going to do is I want to go through some of the news. Uh, and I can't really do video today just because I am um, I'm actually on the road. And sometimes when you're on the road, you have issues with Wi-Fi and uh, and all kinds of weird stuff going on. And so uh, I, I wanted to do audio to make sure you can hear me. Uh, also, we are on Spotify. So if you just want to do audio all the time, you can uh, follow me on Spotify. Uh, look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown or you can find my other podcast on Spotify called How to Make Money Without Working. So uh, and we've gotten over a million downloads in the last month. So thank you guys for supporting what we're doing over there. Uh, we are building uh, we are building black institutions. We are building black owned media. We are building uh, black people up. And what we're trying to get away from, you know, what we're fighting against what we're trying to deal with. We're dealing with stuff like this. We're dealing with uh, stuff like this guy, Sumner Redstone, who owns BET. Did y'all know that? Give me a yes or no. How many of y'all knew that BET was run and controlled by this old dude? Um, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not going to say anything weird or bad. But, yeah, that's what it is. That's the guy who runs your media. That's the guy who controls your image. That's the guy who decides 
what black culture is going to look like. Now, what do y'all think? I mean, did y'all even know this? How many of y'all even knew this, knew this guy uh, was running BET? Um, Sumner Redstone uh, is an interesting guy. Um, you know, he's uh, he's 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 very wealthy. Um, you know, if I were to uh, sort of give you kind of a, a breakdown of Sumner Redstone and how much money he has, um, I went through his life story. I follow the life story of anybody I'm interested in to understand. He's a hardworking guy, but I don't think he should be controlling black culture. Uh, he seems like a decent dude, kind of, for the most part. I don't know him like that. I know he's got some family drama. The guy's like a billion years old, and I think he's got a girlfriend that's like younger than most of your kids. Like his girlfriend's like 30 or something. It's kind of crazy. But then again, when you're worth billions of dollars, suddenly money makes you handsome. Did y'all know that? <laughs> I wrote a book years ago called Financial Lovemaking, and I was really fascinated by how money just makes people forget that you might look like a frog or you might be a complete jerk or you might be uh, you know, somebody who might beat a woman's ass. Uh, people will look past that for money. Just ask Diddy and Cassie. You know, I think the Diddy Cassie situation exemplifies that, not because I support anything terrible that might have happened to her. But if I had been Cassie's friend, I would have said, why would you date this guy? What makes you want to be around this dude? If this guy did these things, why do you keep coming back to him? And I think those are logical questions. Madam President asked that question the other day on her podcast and people don't like it. They don't like accountability. But I think we have to really ask ourselves, like if you're chasing the bag, if you're out here just chasing the bag, let me know if you know what I'm talking about. If you're just out here chasing bags, then guess what? You're going to get bagged at some point. At some point, you're going to get poison put in your bag. At some point, somebody going to put an STD in your bag. At some point, somebody might take that bag and slap you upside the head with it. So so look, here's, here's one of the things I would tell you guys in terms of black wealth right off the bat is uh, teach your daughters how to make their own money. So they're not going around chasing terrible rich guys who might beat them and then going back to them repeatedly because they don't feel like they have anywhere else to go. Again, my heart goes out to Diddy and Cassie and all that stuff, mostly Cassie. I, I don't even know Diddy like that. And, and you know, I think uh, clearly she was the victim. But at the same time, at some point, you got to stop being a victim. You got to start making a plan. Your plan can't be to be a victim. I, I don't know if that's OK. Give me a yes if it's OK, okay if I say that and, and, and we can still love each other, because uh, I know you may not agree. But I don't believe in making children into deliberate victims. I just don't agree with that. Now, if you want to know a little bit about Summer Redstone, the guy who controls BET, the guy who controls your family's wealth, or excuse me, your family's image and culture, the 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 so-called black culture gets pushed out. At the time of Red Redstone's death, I actually I didn't know that he died. He died. Oh, okay. I, I guess he, he was pretty old. He was worth about five billion dollars. Uh, and uh, he acquired Viacom in a hostile takeover of $3.4 billion in 1987. He acquired Paramount Communications in 1994 for $10 billion and CBS for $37 billion in 1999. He founded and chaired uh, Viacom, chaired CBS, and was the majority owner and chairman of the National Amusements Theater chain. So he owned movie theaters, things like that. Uh, he joined his father's theater chain in 1954. And grew national amusements, uh, expanding to from 93 to 250 screens in just a decade. Uh, he also uh, got big returns on his investments. Uh, he bought, let's see, in 2005, he bought DreamWorks for an estimated 1.6 billion. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, he at his death, he owned over 70 percent of the voting interest in Viacom CBS. So, so this guy and his family have more say on black culture than any black person on the planet. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear what I'm saying? So if I go grab, you know, Tyrone off the street 
and Tyrone, you know, is the big, the big tough black man. You know, he's thugging. He, maybe he's out here, you know, ready to die for his block. You know, he's out here making rap music, talking big and bad and bold. You have 50 years of hip hop and, and hip hop artists don't own anything hardly. They don't own anything that really controls the culture. Uh, but yet these are the guys we look up to. There's no Tyrone anywhere that has uh, more influence on black culture than Sumner Redstone and his family. So maybe Tyrone needs to rethink his model. Maybe Tyrone needs to reconsider his path to success. Maybe instead of looking big and looking bold and looking bad and looking like a man, maybe he ought to act like a man and actually go acquire some damn assets. Maybe manhood means uh, having a financial plan. Maybe manhood means putting your family in a better position than the one that you were put into. Again, I'm not beating up on anybody, but I think at the same time, we got to stop accepting weak, uh, uninformed, pathetic, broken behavior from black men. We can't let black men run our households and run our families when they don't have a plan, when they don't have any uh, any any sort of uh, goal or ambition to take care of their kids, when their goal is simply to get more hoes and more weed. That's not a man for you. Right. But but unfortunately, rappers promoted this. They promoted this. They you know, they worked with these record labels that are run by people who are mostly white and Jewish. And they collaborated with them to poison your minds and to get you thinking that a fake man is a real man. They really got you thinking that a fake man is a real man. And and, and I, the thing is, I know real men. I know what real men look like and I know what fake men look like. And a lot of these dudes, um, you know, you can't I, I wouldn't you can't you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. It's not all men. It's not all men. I mean, there's a lot of solid men in this room. And if you're in that category, then I think that's wonderful. I think that's what we want. We want the solid men to be seen. But unfortunately, the solid men get overlooked in exchange for, you know, the big, loud, tough, talking, tough talking Negroes, you know, and I'm not a fan of that. Now, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, if you'd like to get a list of stocks that I'm personally invested in, just go to BlackMoneyMinute.com. There's a list of stocks there. You can have that totally for free. BlackMoneyMinute.com is on the screen. Also, if you want to, um, if you want to get uh, profit alerts from me sent to you via text, just text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. Now, let's kind of go through some of uh, of the latest news in terms of of, you know, of, of what's going on in the financial world. Uh, one of the biggest things happening in the financial world right now is Sam Altman and OpenAI. Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy to see what happened with OpenAI in terms of the uh, the board of directors you know, pushing Sam Altman out. Sam Altman right now is probably the most visible face. He's the new Steve Jobs, y'all. He's the new Steve Jobs. He is literally the guy who single-handedly has the largest voice in what is the most transformative technology in the last 50 years and perhaps in the last 200 years, right? Uh, this guy, Sam Altman, has more power than you can possibly imagine. And the decisions that are being made at OpenAI are going to affect you. They're going to affect your children. They're going to affect your grandchildren. I encourage you to pay attention. I encourage you not to look away and act like this is just white people stuff. This ain't just white people stuff. AI is everywhere. AI is a big deal. AI is going to affect your life. And I encourage you to keep up with the, the trends of AI. So Sam Altman and Microsoft had a little spat this weekend where there was some back and forth and, and some just ridiculous behavior on the parts of all these uh, individuals. Uh, they they pushed Sam Altman off the board inexplicably, uh, which led a lot, left a lot of people concerned because they were wondering if there was something going on that we need to know about. Uh, a lot of the conversation centers, centers around something called artificial general intelligence. 
aka age or or agi agi which is kind of the gold standard for artificial intelligence basically from what i understand again i'm not an expert on agi uh but agi kind of basically is almost where artificial intelligence is close to uh close to that of a human that uh that you literally have ai that can pretty much uh think at the same level of of a, of a human and um and and so ultimately that's kind of what they're seeking and this board at OpenAI has a bunch of scientists and professors and stuff like that and it's a nonprofit board um well apparently the, they had some conflict with the for profit arm and uh and and that sort of led to Sam Altman being pushed off the board which was just crazy and ridiculous so now uh they've been they've done a complete about face uh, the, all the people that participated in the board coup they lost they they just lost two thirds of the employees threatened to quit if they didn't bring Altman back. Microsoft hired him on the spot, and they hired Greg Brockman, who's another guy who is a big partner in OpenAI. So he wins. He won. They're probably going to bring him back. He'll probably be the CEO. They'll probably remove the board after two thirds of the employees pretty much said, "If you don't get rid of the board, we're going to all resign." So when your employees do that, you really have no choice. You have no cards to play. So uh, so I would encourage you to kind of pay attention to this saga, because I think this is uh, this is significant in that it makes me wonder what's going on, like what's really happening behind the scenes that's leading these scholars to be so concerned. Um, I, I think that we should listen because because there, uh, chances are AI is probably 20 years more advanced than they're letting you on right now. Like they're, 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 they're 20 years ahead of what they, they're telling you they can do right now. They, they probably got, you know, these super soldiers, they probably got people walking among us maybe who are products of, of AI babies or something. I don't know, cloning or whatever. So, so just be ready. Like the, the, there, there, there's something happening here and I, and I, and I'm, I'm going to pay close attention to it. Now, uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. I have a new book out. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. If you go to drboystbooks.com, you can get a copy of the book. You can also get uh, some, we have flashcards for kids. Uh, if you want to teach the concepts to your kids, that's all on the website. There's also a workbook with slides that I use to teach a class on the book. I'm going to do another class on the book soon. Uh, but also if you want to join a class uh, for free that we do every Wednesday night in the Black Business School, where we have 162,000 students worldwide, just go to uh, join our social media platform, Be One Nation, and you can join the Dr. Boyce Book Club for free and uh, life class. And uh, also you can network with other be one minded people. So be one nation.us. We're done messing with Facebook and Instagram and all that. We still have accounts on there, but as you guys know, we lost uh, our big Instagram page. It had half a million people on it. They just took it down for no reason. Didn't tell us why. I don't know what's so dangerous about teaching black economic power, but apparently that's defined as being racist. So rather than fight with them over their platform, we're just building our own. And uh, don't worry though. We've got 3 million followers on all kinds of other platforms. So we were fully prepared for this. So we ain't going nowhere. We are stronger than ever. We are reaching about 10 million people a month uh, on various platforms. So we're getting it done. We're getting it in and we're changing the world. So uh, feel free to go to B1Nation.us and you can join our social media platform and get access to the book club. Absolutely 100% free. Bring your family. All right. So moving on. Uh, what else is going on in the world of finance that I think is really interesting? I, I uh, If you want some just sort of general stuff, uh, the Federal Reserve is uh is is really a big player right now in the economic landscape 
the Fed has been increasing interest rates like crazy. And uh, that's been sort of causing the stock market to kind of sputter and making it difficult for you to make money in the market. Uh, give me a yes or no if you are a consistent stock market investor. How many of you, uh, yes or no, give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of you are consistently investing? Ty Thomas, Fannie Wilson, uh, Don Jones, John, jo John Jones, are you, are you investing? Give me a yes if you're investing consistently because I really want you uh, to do that for your kids. I, and uh, and really, the last year and a half has been an awesome opportunity because the Fed rate hikes have pushed down the uh, the, the pushed down the stock market. They 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 pushed down the ability of the market to grow. They've had a dampening effect on the real estate market. Um, and I'm going to talk to you guys about that in a second. And uh, all these are opportunities. All these are chances for you to get in while the getting's good and to make money while money's being made. So uh, I would encourage you to take a look. Uh, the indicators are that the Fed is not going to increase interest rates anymore. That is a wonderful thing. And uh, once they start cutting rates, you're going to start making big money. Once they start cutting rates, your friends are going to get mad at you because they're going to be talking about the struggle because they weren't paying attention. Your friends are going to be saying how they lost their job or they're worried about the economy or everything's so bad. And you're going to have to be quiet because you're actually going to be making money. Why is that? Well, because when the market gets a whiff, when the market gets a whiff that the Fed is going to start lowering interest rates, which is what they do every time they go to their playbook, whenever the economy starts sputtering, remember, they take care of rich people. So, so when they get a whiff that the Fed is going to start lowering interest rates, that market is going to kaboom. That, do you hear me? Are you hearing me right? Are you hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth? That market is going to kaboom. Bitcoin is going to kaboom. That, the money is coming. Now, again, there's no guarantee. Things can happen. These are what they call black swan events. You can't predict everything. You can't, you know, you have the known and the unknowns and the unknown unknowns. I don't know the unknown unknowns. Nobody does. I, do, I know a little bit about the unknowns and I know a lot about the knowns. And what is known right now is that most experts are predicting that the market's going to go crazy next year. So uh, this is me telling you this right now so you can get positioned and get ready and go get your bread. And also, don't forget, we have a podcast on Spotify called How to Make Money Without Working. Also, if you text the word stock, text the word stock to 31996. If you have not done that yet, I will text you, uh, you know, stocks that I like for the week or whatever. OK, as well as other things that we have going on in the Black Business School. All right. Ty Thomas says you influence me a lot, Doc. Well, good, man. I'm you know, I, I, I'm, I'm honored by that. And I take that influence very seriously and I will not waste it. I will use that influence in a positive way. Uh, it is an absolute honor to have any influence over the future trajectory of the black community. And that is something I think about every single day. And uh, and it, even with my kids, I'm honored. You know, I, I know we got these dumb Negroes out here talking crazy about the, you know, how they don't never want to be stepdaddies and all that. And I think that's fine. I, I don't, I'm not saying everybody should, but I love being a bonus dad. I love the fact that I get to mentor these black kids. I love the fact that I get to talk to them, teach them, train them, prepare them, coach them, and just make them the economic super soldiers that our community needs. So y'all don't understand. You're in a war, black people. You are in a damn war, and you don't even know it. You got Negroes out here twerking and playing around and, and, and just getting into stupid, silly situations and, and just paying attention to all the wrong stuff. And uh, beating each other up and going into horrible, abusive relationships because we don't know how to keep our hands to ourselves, paying attention to celebrities more than you pay attention to your thinkers. And and these people are lost. They're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. They're preparing themselves for victimhood. That's what they want. They want you to be a victim. The people like the, you know, the, the summer Redstones and the Joe Bidens. I'm sure these two got old, old men were friends. 
did some of the redstones and the Joe Biden, some of the redstone is the guy who owned BET. They want black people to be victims and they want them to be powerless so they can have control over what black culture is. Think about this. I want you to process this for a minute. Listen to what I'm saying. Sumner Redstone is an old guy who literally runs ran a network, BET, where he would they would do ads that said, this is the culture. This is your culture. Do you understand how crazy that is? Like he's he's Jewish. Could you do could you give me a yes or no? How many of y'all think that we could start something called JET, Jewish Entertainment Television? And do you think that they would allow us to create crazy content and then run ads saying, this is your, this is your culture. This is Jewish culture. You know, forget forget your yarmulkes and your bar mitzvahs. You know, now we want you twerking instead. Forget rites of passage. Forget everything you know about wealth. We want you beating each other's asses and rapping about how much you hate your women. Do you think that we could get away with that? What do y'all think? Yes or no? Do you think that we would be allowed to do that? So if so, if the answer is no, and we're not allowed to do that to them, what in the hell makes you think that it's okay for them to do that to us? What in the world makes us think that that's okay? Ain't nothing okay about that. And process this for a minute. When he does ads, when Sumner Redstone ran, ran BET, and his family still runs it, his family still owns a big chunk of it, when they're running ads saying, this is the culture, this is the culture, I want you to think about this for a minute. That's just like when Joe Biden, anybody remember when Joe Biden did an interview with Charlemagne? And he said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. That's a that's another way of saying this is your culture. Voting for me is your culture. That's what y'all are about. That's what being black means. We're we're defining process this. This is colonialism, black. This is psychological colonialism. I need y'all to let me know if you're hearing what I'm saying. The psychological colonialism is that this guy is saying, you know, if you don't do this, then you're not black. We're claiming blackness for you. You don't get to decide what it means to be black. We're gonna decide what it means to be black. So him saying on a BET ad that this is the culture, this is the culture, this is the culture. That's just like Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. So he's basically saying, if you don't like BET and you don't like sexy red and you don't like twerking and killing and hating your women and throwing your money away and being as ignorant as possible, well, you ain't black. So what you got to understand is the brainwashing is extra deep, man. This brainwashing goes deep. And, 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 and so many people, because they never took a psychology class, don't understand these things. They think that when I come along, you know, and I try to and I explain it as plain as fucking day, they're like, oh, you just you just be hating. You be hating the rappers, man. You be hating the rappers, dog. Man, I hate no damn rappers. I got plenty. I got more rapper friends than you do. Shut up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with lots of rappers. I'm down with D1. I'm down with Willie D. I'm, he was in my wedding. I'm down with Ice Cube. I'm down with Immortal Technique. I'm down with Chuck D. I'm down with, I, I was on the phone for 10 hours last year with Kanye West. I, I don't have any problem with the rappers, but what I have a problem with is anything that any person that's being allowed or allowing themselves to be used as a weapon of mass destruction against the black community. That's what I have an issue with. That I, I could even be friends, I'm sure, with Rick Ross. I never met Rick Ross, but I see the guys at Earn Your Leisure working with him. And I love Earn Your Leisure. And I like Rick Ross. But don't be run around here trying to in, in any way insinuate that a black kid who's listening to you at the age of 10 is going to be a boss if he grows up and decides he wants to sell cocaine for a living. At that point, I'm standing between you and that kid. And I'm going to say, no, 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 no. To get to this little boy, you're going to have to come through me. 
This is nonsense, man. You're better than this. Why in the world would you even put that in the mind of a child that you care about? Why in the world are, would you operate like a damn Klansman? That's Klan behavior. Klan behavior is when you want black people to die. A Klansman wants black people to go to perish. So when you are sending messages, give me a yes if, you, if you're following me. This is so important. How in the world can you celebrate people that celebrate the death of your children? Something wrong with y'all, man. This is crazy to me. So if we don't address this and we don't nip this shit in the bud, then we're going to constantly be running around here getting shot up by the cops, getting shot up by each other, broke as hell, ignorant as hell, getting kicked around by the white man, begging for jobs, begging for opportunities, and, and, and high on dope, looking stupid, looking blind, deaf, dumb, and crazy. That's not the future that I want for you. That's not the future that I want for the community, and I'm willing to fight for that. You know, I might be the only one out here. Maybe I'm going to end up being a voice in the woods. I have no damn idea. I don't give a damn. I will, I will speak on it, and I will speak on it consistently until the day I die. Let's move on. Do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Um, just a reminder, the All Black National Convention is a great opportunity for you to network with B1 people from around the world. Uh, it's very popular. As you guys know, uh, we, we have half a billion views on YouTube, by the way. We have over a million downloads on Spotify and stuff like that. So we are reaching people. And I know some of you are listening. Some of you do get it. And uh, and I, I love meeting you. And I love meeting you at this year's convention. The next one's going to be in Chicago. So if you want to, uh, it, during Black Friday, I think that the team, the marketing team is going to have a discount on all Black National Convention passes uh, for the uh, for Black Friday. So uh, if you'd like to get access to the Black Friday discounts uh, and learn more about the convention, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's the first thing you can do, allblacknationalconvention.com. Second thing you can do is text, if you text the word stock to 31996, I'll send you a link where you can get your convention passes. The convention is a great place to learn. Uh, we bring together the best and brightest black experts that are B1. They care about the community in all the areas from health, wealth, relationships, et cetera. We bring together the best black therapists. Uh, in the Black Business School, we have the first ever black financial therapy department, the only one on earth. Uh, no HBCU has what we have. And uh, we actually have scientists who have broken down the psychological barriers to building black wealth. My beautiful wife, Alicia Watkins, uh, she's a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. She actually helped me to construct that black financial therapy department. And she works with a lot of her friends that also have PhDs. So she ain't just cute. She's super smart and super cute. Shout out to all the super smart, super cute black women in the building. Uh, all of us should be marrying y'all. Um, I, I have nothing in common with the guy who married Becky. I don't dislike him. I don't have anything against him. We can still be friends, but uh, I, I belong with a black woman and that's where I'm at. And she may be high yellow, but she's from the hood and she's also very, very smart. And, uh, and she helped us to put together a nice curriculum for the entire family that is focused specifically on our community. So um, anyway, and also the uh, other thing too is um, my wife's books and stuff are at my website, drboycebooks.com. I just put them up there so you can find them easily. She's done some work on financial anxiety, uh, creating the drama-free family, uh, things like that. A lot of you have family drama that's keeping you from building wealth. You have, you're fighting, you have siblings that hate each other. You've got toxicity in your relationships she's the person that can help you with that. She's extremely good with this sort of thing. She has dozens of clients 
that she works with on a regular basis. And so actually what I can do is give you her website. If you want to go take a look and just see what she does and maybe there's something there that can help you and help your family. She can even talk to your whole family. If you want, if you have a family business and you're trying to get along with your siblings, so y'all can just get together and make money together. Uh, she's the person that can help you with that. So feel free to go to coaching with That's coaching with Hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And uh, also on, on uh, Spotify and Apple, if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening. I'm going to try to put content up on Spotify every single morning. So just check in every single morning on Spotify and, and uh, you'll find me there. All right. So let's talk more about what's happening in the financial world. I'm going to break some stuff down um, in terms of what's going on in the news. And in case you're wondering, I decided to try kind of a fun format with this podcast. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to talk about. So I said, you know what, let me just kind of go through what's happening in the world and kind of give you a Dr. Boyce assessment of what I'm seeing. So uh, here's another thing that's really interesting. Um, I was reading the Wall Street Journal and NVIDIA is just absolutely murdering the game when it comes to AI and chips. Right now, NVIDIA just has just the ultimate monopoly <laughs> on, on, the, on the chip making uh, for AI. And uh, that's not going to last forever. At some point, somebody's going to disrupt that monopoly. There is no question about that in my mind. But right now, NVIDIA, Lord Jesus, this company is just killing it. Um, their stock, it, a lot of y'all owned NVIDIA stock because we told you guys to buy it in the Black Business School quite a long time ago. I've owned it for a while. And uh, if you've seen NVIDIA stock, you've seen where that stock has, I think it's damn near like doubled or even tripled or something crazy like that. Uh, let, let me see if I can I can pull it up. I'm pull it up on my um, I can't I don't want to put it on my screen because y'all know me. I'll I, I mess up technology and I'm end up messing it up. So I'm just going to describe it to you. Uh, Nvidia stock. Let me see. Nvidia stock has gone up in the last six months. It's gone up 60 percent. Uh, this so far this year, it's gone up 248 uh, percent in the last one year. It's gone up 211 percent. The last five years has gone up one thousand 277 percent so check this out this is the value of investing this is how you make money without working and this is why i've been and i've been talking to y'all about this for years if you had been listening to me in 2018 i don't know how many of y'all been listening to me since 2018 give me a yes in the chat if you've been listening since 2018 or before that's not that long ago if you had listened back in 2018 when we talked about stocks like nvidia and have started buying those shares back then guess how much you could have bought nvidia stock for back in 2018 you could have bought it for $36.25, $36.25. Guess what NVIDIA stock is worth now? So compare it to $36, it's now worth 500 bucks, 500 bucks. So literally in the last five years, you would have 12X your investment. That $36 would now be worth $500. So think about how many times in 2018 you blew 36 bucks. Think about how many thousands of times in your life you have wasted $36. A lot of y'all make more than $36,000 a year. So a thousand times every year you spend $36. So, so little investments like NVIDIA and getting in early on things like this is how people build that wealth. Just having that consistent habit of saying, oh, that looks like a good stock. Let me buy some of that. That looks like a good stock. Let me buy some of that. And just planting that money. It's like you're going in the backyard and just, you're just planting seeds, planting seeds everywhere in the garden. And some of them aren't going to grow. Some of them are in toxic soil. Some of them aren't going to go anywhere, but then some of them are going to take off. So NVIDIA right now is just, I mean, my Lord, I thought NVIDIA might slow down a little bit, um, but the, the last earnings announcement was really, really good for NVIDIA. So, uh, so shout out to that company. Do I think it's still a good buy? I don't know. It's kind of risky now because um, I think that they're going to lose their monopoly on the AI uh, chip thing. 
Also, uh, what else is going on? Housing prices. Um, home prices have uh, have evolved significantly. Uh, let me see if I can uh, let me see if I can find the article I was looking at for housing prices. Um, basically, uh, home prices uh, have taken a dip, and I'm trying to find. Gosh dang it! Why can't I find my article? I had this article in front of me. Well, anyway, the housing market has has changed as well. Right. So effectively, the housing market has. Let me see. I'm, I'm literally searching here in the Wall Street Journal. Um, maybe it's home prices. Give me a second here. I, I really want to read. I wanted to read this to you. Here we go. Home sales fell to a 13 year low in October. So uh, effectively, uh, people aren't able to buy houses. They said that home sales fell in October to a fresh 13 year low as high interest rates and home prices continue to pummel the housing market. So the housing market is being hit pretty hard because housing prices are going up and uh, interest rates are higher. So affordability is is a factor. Uh, how many of you own a home? How many of you have tried to buy a house? It's, it's kind of a crazy market. They said here in the Wall Street Journal that home buying affordability sits near its lowest level in decades, pushing many buyers out of the market. Existing home sales for the full year in 2023 are on track to be the lowest since at least 2011, according to economic forecasts. Existing home sales, which make up most of the housing market, decreased 4.1% in October from the prior month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 3.79 million, the lowest rate since August 2010. The National Association of Realtors said Tuesday, October sales fell 14.6% from a year earlier. Sales, sales have been near 2010 levels in recent months. So home sales are just kind of dying. The home market is dropping. Uh, but uh, I think this is going to change. And uh, actually, just so you guys know, in the Black Business School, the next thing I'm planning is something called Dr. Boyce Real Estate, where I'm going to be hosting several real estate experts on a regular basis to come in and talk to you guys about making moves in the real estate market, opportunities that exist in the market, uh, how to buy that first home, how to buy that investment property. And we've already got some of our guests lined up. So I'll keep you guys posted on when we do that. Uh, that'll be something that we'll do for the students in the Black Business School. We got you covered in almost any area of, of economics that you want to learn. All right. So uh, what else is happening in the world? Let me see. This, is, this was an interesting story that I saw that I wanted to share with you all. There is apparently a brother who uh, is in line for a whole lot of money. Um, and so uh, this very distinguished looking black man, uh, apparently he is um, his family uh, is 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 in line for a significant amount of wealth. Uh, he's a descendant of free slaves and he's pursuing a claim on nine hundred million dollars worth of oil. So I'm going to read this. His last name is Youngblood. And it says here, Neelan Youngblood alleges his family was deprived of the riches from oil-soaked land and is suing Conoco Phillips. So check this out. This is interesting, right? Uh, this is in Dallas. They said, um, at Neelan Youngblood's graduation from Princeton, his grandfather told him that he had once sought to visit the campus in the 1920s, but was stopped at the school's gates because he was black. After amassing a fortune, Youngblood donated to build a new plaza at his alma mater and had his grandfather's name chiseled into the steps. So apparently the Youngblood family is connected to Princeton. I don't know why they'd want to give their money to Princeton. I think they should give their money to an HBCU or build an institution that's going to represent the black community. But hey, who am I? I'm just a guy yapping on the Internet. Uh, Youngblood, the co-founder of private equity firm Pharaoh's Capital Group, now says he is righting another family wrong. He says was perpetuated by one of the country's largest oil companies. He and his family are suing ConocoPhillips accusing it of depriving them of riches from oil-soaked land in South Texas bought by his ancestors who were freed slaves. 
They are seeking more than $900 million. Tell me that's not crazy. The lawsuit may be a long shot, according to several lawyers in the energy sector. Youngblood, a fixture in corporate boardrooms and Democratic political circles, said he is undeterred. The Dallas-based investor said a verdict against ConocoPhillips would rank as high as any deal he has closed and with a, a nearly a billion-dollar upside. If it goes to a verdict, I think we can get a lot more, he said. At the heart of the dispute is a tractor in the Eagle Ford Shale, one of the most productive oil regions in the nation. ConocoPhillips, Youngblood, and his family allege, ignoring his family's claims to the property, and sided with another family, the Korths to streamline royalty payments and drill as quickly as possible. The roots of the legal battle reach back to the years following the Civil War. Youngblood's ancestors, the Eckfords, acquired land after they were freed from slavery. In the decades after they died, the claim to the rightful ownership became muddied. In taking up the fight with the Eckford side, Youngblood has become the champion of an extended family he didn't realize he had. While oil booms have been transformative for the bank accounts of countless landowners across Texas, few black people have benefited in part because they were widely dispossessed of property in the Jim Crow era during which the Eckfords became landowners. Between 1910 and the end of the 20th century, black farm operators nationally lost more than 90% of their land, according to Thomas Wilson Mitchell, a professor at Boston College Law School. In 2012, whites managed more than 86% of the farms in Texas, according to Texas A&M's Natural Resources Institute, while blacks managed about 3%. Even if he loses, Youngblood, 67 years old, says it will have been worth the effort because the case has brought his family closer as they try to honor their forebearers' achievement after being freed from slavery. This is about legacy, he said. How about that? Can we, can we just clap digitally for this black man? This distinguished looking brother. Again, I kind of I kind of poked at him about giving all that money to Princeton. I think that money should go toward a black owned institution or or the creation of one. Right. Mr. Youngblood, if you see this video, reach out to me. I can help you uh, help you implement that. Um, and I don't need a nickel for it. I don't want any money for myself. I just want this to be built for the community. Same deal I offered Kanye West. He just didn't see the vision. Somebody's going to see the vision. I know it's going to happen at some point. If not, we'll just raise the money. But but that's cool. Right. So, so, so here's the thing, what this brother's doing now, I want you to really, here's what I want you to do. I need you to have B1 vision, what I call B1 vision or intelligent black people vision. Now, an average person is going to see this story and they're going to say, oh my God, that's such a tragedy. This family deserves justice. And then they're going to go, you know, to an Al Sharpton march and they're going to, they're going to march and rally. And they're going to say justice for young blood, justice for young blood, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. And then if the young bloods get a settlement, they get some bread in their pocket. They're going to say, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have justice for young blood. We did it. We have overcome. They're going to start singing Negro, old Negro spirit. We have overcome. That's what an average person is going to do. Why? Well, because you're trained on symbolism. You're trained to believe that a symbolic victory is the same as a substantive victory. You're trained to believe that symbolism is the same as not just substance, but also systematic substance, which are two different things. And so what's going to happen is that the if the Youngblood family gets justice, you'll act like that's a victory for black people when your, your life isn't going to change. We're going to go right back to the same cities, same streets, same hoods, same failing schools, same problems, same ratchetness, same lack of black media ownership, same lack of black land ownership, same lack of black businesses. We're going to go back to that very same reality. We just get a little injection, a little injection of that, that dopamine, that morphine, that heroin that comes from symbolism. Do you understand what I'm saying? That symbolism is a drug. 
They inject that right into the vein. It goes right to the bloodstream and to the blood vessels in the brain. And next thing you know, you think that you won when really your life is exactly the same. It's a Star Trek simulation. That's what it is. So what I'm going to do is give you some B1 vision. I'm going to give you some intelligent black people vision in terms of how to identify with this extraordinary battle that Mr. Youngblood is engaging in. I believe that you what you need to see is not what is in front of you. I need you to, I need you to see all the things that are not in front of you. I don't need you to see what happened to the Youngblood family after. I want you to see that, but I only want you to see that so that it it prompts your curiosity to wonder, well, if this is the case that we know about, what about the thousands and 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 thousands of cases that we don't know about? Do you understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you're following my logic here. I need you to understand that Mr. Youngblood is just one of many. It's almost like how, you know how they say one sperm fertilizes the egg, but there's like a billion of them or something that don't live or a million or whatever the number is. I don't know how many sperm actually come out that get a chance to fertilize the egg, but only one makes it, right? And that's the one you see. But what you don't see is what in economics, we call this the shadow cost. You don't see the shadow experience. You don't see all the other entities in the shadow that you did not see. So what I want you to understand, and let me know if you're following what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you're following this. I need you to understand that with Mr. Youngblood, that ain't nothing but the tip of the damn iceberg. That is the tip of the goddamn iceberg. That's what that is. That is literally a drop in the bucket compared to all the thousands of cases where they took our land and stole our money and didn't have a descendant as, as articulate as Mr. Youngblood with the resources to go file a billion dollar lawsuit. Mr. Youngblood is paid. Mr. Youngblood went to, went to Princeton. Mr. Youngblood's already made his riches. Think about how many families are out there that got screwed over in the same way, similar to Henrietta Lacks. Y'all saw how many billions of dollars these institutions made for Henrietta Lacks stealing her cells. In case you don't know, look it up. Henrietta Lacks, they stole her cells, her Hilo, Hilo, Hilo cells. I think that's what they call them. Or Hila, Hila, H-E-L-A. I believe that's what they call them. And they made billions making pharmaceutical drugs off this black woman's cells because some something magical about y'all black women. Her cells literally live forever. Again, it's not a surprise because black women are y'all the fruit of life. We know this. So, so at the end of the day, what I need you to understand is that this is not just a case of injustice for the young blood family. This is a case for reparations for all of us. You think you think you're you think you're the first generation of black people to work hard. Really, seriously, yes or no? Do you think you're the first generation of black people to have a dream? Yes or no? Do you think you're the first generation of black people to try to go acquire assets and land? Yes or no? No, no, the answer is absolutely not. You're not, not only are you not the first generation, but you don't even do it half as good as your ancestors did. You don't. Dr. Claude Anderson. You know, we read his books every Wednesday in the Black Business School. If you want to learn and get power knowledge training, we do this totally for free. Feel free to uh, join us. Just go to B1Nation.us and you can get in our social media platform and join us for tomorrow night's uh, class meeting. Um, Dr. Claude Anderson, he literally, he, he's, he, he's such a national treasure because he shows you that that your little fancy job and your student loans, <laughs> your little house in the suburbs, that ain't nothing compared to what your ancestors pulled off. You're, you're up here complaining about a crappy public school down the street. They built schools run by black people that educated kids better than billion dollar public schools can today. Uh, in fact, what was that sister's name? Lord, uh, 
Oh, Martha, Marva Collins. Anybody heard of Marva Collins? It, y'all, y'all know who Marva Collins is? Let me. If y'all don't know Marva Collins, look up Marva Collins. Lord, have mercy. This was a badass black woman out of Chicago who had those kids educated better than college students. And Marva Collins, I love Marva Collins' legacy because she didn't take no mess. She she had all the things that made your grandmother great. She had all of these things. And she poured that into education with a big dose of love. And all those kids would come out. They'd be, they were reading Shakespeare when they were seven. These kids could do advanced mathematics by the age of nine. These kids, they want nothing like these kids coming out of these damn crappy schools in Chicago. So, so you have a tradition of excellence. I need you. That's what I need you to understand. You have it. You come from excellence. You come from pride. You come from dignity. You come from power. But you lost it. You lost it when everybody started integrating and twerking and and chasing corporate jobs and student loans and 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 worried about the Democratic and Republican parties and all this other nonsense. That's a distraction for you. And then next thing you know, the men are fighting the women. The kids don't respect the parents. The kids are coming out of school, can't halfway read. Everybody's living paycheck to paycheck. You're drowning in student loan debt because you've been swimming with the damn devil. That's what you've been doing. You've been swimming with the devil. That's what you're doing. And you wonder why everything's so messed up. Well, then look who's in charge. Who's in charge? Well, I'm going to tell you who should be in charge. Shit, I, maybe maybe people like me should be in charge. I don't even need that. I'm not asking. This is not an ego trip. But I can tell you what. If I was in charge and I had one-tenth of their resources, I could fix 90% of these problems overnight. Overnight. The problem is that you can't solve these problems. I'm a mathematician. We solve problems for a living. You can't solve these problems. If you're also trying to please the labor unions, you can't solve these problems. If you're all if you're also trying to please the Democratic Party overseers, you can't solve your problems. If you're also trying to make white universities rich by going into debt, you can't solve the problems. If you're trying to make corporate America rich by sending all your children to go work for white folks, you can't solve your problems if you're there for the benefit of other people. That's the reason you can't. This is why the black first mentality is so important. Black first is radical. I, you know, I, if I was them, I don't blame them for taking down my my Instagram page with half a million people on it. My, my new Instagram is Dr. Boyce Finance. You can follow me there if you want to just hang out. So feel free to do that. But also we have our own platform, B1Nation.us. So follow me there, too. That's all. That's off the grid. We're getting off the grid. But seriously, I understand why they took down my Instagram page, because when you get millions of black people simply making the commitment to put their community first at the top of their priority list, you have no idea how many people lose money when black people start caring about black people. You have no idea how many people lose money when black women start respecting black men as much as they respect their boss. You have no idea how many people lose money when black people put black businesses ahead of non-black businesses. You have no idea of how many people lose money when black people start educating our own kids instead of sending them to these public schools where they're making money, not educating your children. So, so what you got to understand is that they want you in the system. They don't, you know, people think, Oh, they want you to go back to Africa. No, they don't. They don't want, they want you to stay right here. They, they, they need you right here. They need you the same way they need their horse. They, you know, you may not love the horse. You kind of like the horse, but, but the horse is not a human being. And you know, the horse is not equal to you and you need your horse because you can't go nowhere without your horse. So if the horse starts putting himself first, and not serving you first, then you're going to be kind of mad about that. Now you're going to have to walk. 
So y'all need to stop being the horse for other people. That's what you are. You're the economic horse. And they get to jockey you into the ground because you won't liberate your thinking. You won't reprocess how you connect to these systems. You won't sort of consider the idea that these systems are not built for you. The public school system is not built for you. The media system is not built for you. The uh, university system is not really built for you. Corporate America is not built for you. I'm not saying you should not participate in these things. I'm not saying that you can't go. To, I'm not saying you're a sellout if you go to college or go to a public school or work for somebody. I'm not saying any of those things. But I'm saying that you can be in it, but not of it. You can you can participate in it, but you cannot dedicate everything to it. Because if you dedicate everything to these other systems that you've been brainwashed with, you will lose. You will lose. Anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. We're going to talk for a couple more minutes and we'll bounce on out of here. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, just a reminder, if you haven't done this yet, uh, if you'd like profit alerts of stocks that I like, I can text that to you. Just text the word stock to 31996. Also, if you'd like to take a look at the Black Business School, you can actually get started for free. Uh, we have 162,000 students worldwide. We've helped over 10 million people buy their first share of stock. My PhD is in finance. I wrote my dissertation on stock market investing and investor psychology. My wife has her PhD in social work, and she's a licensed therapist and a certified trauma expert. We have the first ever black financial therapy department on the planet. We are an HBCU for the 21st century because all of our, most of our students uh, pay very little money, literally 1% of what they paid to go to college, but we are 10 times better. We are the black wealth surgeons. We have figured things out that other people haven't. So feel free to, if you don't believe me, just go check it out. I promise you when you walk away, you're going to be very impressed with the institution that we've built. Just wait till we actually get buildings. When we raise the money to buy buildings, we're going to be extraordinary. So anyway, uh, feel free to go to theblackbusinessschool.com. If you'd like to take a look, you can actually get started for free. All right. So uh, a couple more points I want to throw out here to, to you guys in terms of uh, our discussion today. So we talked about how housing uh, sales have dropped. Uh, that's that's a big deal. So pay attention to that. Uh, that's going to pick up over time. Uh, so you may want to dig into what's going on with the real estate market. Next week, I'll let you guys know when we start our real estate sequence in the Black Business School. Or if you go to theblackbusinessschool.com right now, there's already some real estate stuff there. Julian Gordon is our dean of real estate in the Black Business School. He also runs the Freedom School. So he's over there as well. Uh, number two, NVIDIA uh, is making more money than ever. AI is big. Um, I encourage you to get involved with AI investing. Uh, if you text the word stock to 31996, I will send you a list of the AI stocks that I'm personally invested in. Uh, in fact, I can text that list out again tomorrow uh, if, if you guys want to see that. So just uh, text the word stock to 31996. You'll be on the list. I'll send that to you tomorrow. Uh, it, it, uh, also, we talked about the Federal Reserve. The Fed's rate hikes are stopping. That means that the stock market's expected to have a good year next year. That's going to be really cool. So uh, be ready for that. Be ready for the fact that the market is going to be making some significant moves uh, in a positive direction. You may want to get positioned for that right now. If you don't know how to invest or how to get started, again, just text stock to 31996. I'll send you uh, some basic things to get you started. Or also, uh, if you go to the thedrboycemethod.com, thedrboycemethod.com, I have an 11-step training that I did on how I go about selecting stocks uh, for my portfolio. It's so easy that a five-year-old can do it. Do not let it intimidate you. Uh, you can go to the drboycemethod.com. I think for Black Friday, they've discounted it by about 72%. So feel free to take a look at that. Uh, also, we talked about Sumner Redstone and BET and how uh, it's absolutely appalling that these people can claim that they control black culture. Nobody controls black culture except for black people. I think that's just stupid. I, I, I don't I don't subscribe to any of that. It gets on my nerves. 
uh, we got to walk away from that nonsense. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about this. There was really an interesting um, uh, interview that was done. Uh, Ash Cash shared this. Ash Cash is my homeboy. He's with Earn Your Leisure. That's my buddy. We've been uh, riding together for about 14 years, and I love this guy. And he shared this um, post about a woman who basically said something really interesting. She talked about how uh, a man should never give their strength to women. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. I think that they were on, I think she was saying this on the Hardly Initiated podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. These brothers actually started in the Black Business School. I kid you not. And I was so proud of them. I went on their podcast. Me and D1 uh, went on there. And uh, and another brother, I forgot his name, Shakespeare. No, Shakespeare's his nickname. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was an actor. Uh, but anyway, uh, we went on this Hardly Initiated podcast right there in Atlanta. And uh, they just do some of the best commentary and the best work. It's extraordinary. And she mentioned that uh, men should never give their power to women. And I said, that's kind of strange. But I think I know what she was trying to say. She wasn't saying that a man should never give his power to women. But what I think she was saying, which I do agree with, and this is important for any ambitious man to understand, you should really share this with your sons, is that women have power. Women have a tremendous amount of power over men. Women can bring down kings. Give me a yes if you understand this. Women can bring down kings. They don't bring them down with physical violence. They can bring down kings with, with the fact that women have just extremely strong amounts of emotional intelligence. If a woman decides to be evil, she can be extremely manipulative and conniving. Um, and some of y'all men out here are trusting the wrong women. That I think that's the point she was making, that, that some of y'all are out here trusting women who don't deserve your trust. You're putting your life in the hands of women who don't deserve that 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 privilege and it's it's gonna it's gonna destroy you it's really gonna destroy you if you don't believe me just remember uh my wife and i were talking about when cardi b confessed anybody remember that when cardi b was talking about how she would uh lure men in with sex and then she would drug them and rape them or drug them and have them get raped by a tranny they like she literally said that that she that's what she said those are her words not mine she she would let them like let a man put his you know what in in his you know who and uh he would wake up uh assaulted and broke and uh, and so some of y'all need to learn uh, and maybe your daddy's never told you this, but you can't just go trust in every big button to smile, you know, and uh, and when you give that power to a woman, make sure you give it back to give it to a woman that's really going to pour into you, that's really going to have your back. I mean, there's there's, a, you know, in my view, and this is this is actually a criteria. I don't even know if my wife would approve of this conversation, but I can just be honest with you all. When I pick my wife, um, I, I, I'd always been a man. You know, I've been in the public eye for a long time. And uh, and she wasn't the only woman in my, you know, in my radar at that time. But just like I'm sure I wasn't the only man in her radar. We chose each other. And uh, let me just tell you, there were women that I did not choose because I did not get a sense that these were people that I could be safe with to share, to give my power to. You know, uh, if you're if you're loud and crazy or you go and uh, scream to the Internet, it, you know, because you're mad because maybe he treated you bad and you want to call it you want to define it as some kind of abuse or you want to go kiss and tell like, oh, I slept with Dr. Boyce Watkins or whatever. So you can get views on your YouTube channel like that. That was not the kind of woman I wanted to be around. So one of the things that I can tell you, and this is just me doing Uncle Boyce, and I hope it's OK for me to share this, is that honestly, I I, I don't know how this sounds, but I believe that there are classy women and women with no class. There are quality women and there are women that don't that have not been trained to have quality. I'm not going to say they're not quality people. Every human being is valuable. But there are women who are who have dignity and those who have no shame. 
And if you're a man that is trying to build an empire and a kingdom and you're trying to be a king, you're trying to be a boss, you're trying to be a leader, whatever you're trying to do, you're trying to be wealthy, whatever, all these things. Um, make sure you think carefully about the woman that you give your power to. Like, you know, like, uh, so for example, in relationships, problems happen, fights happen, disagreements happen. And you don't want somebody who's going to go and scream and holler and say, oh, he abused me. He abused me when you didn't do anything. Right. You know, again, this all bets are off for the men who might abuse a woman or harm a woman in any way. And again, y'all know my rules on relationships. I think you got to keep your hands to yourself. I don't even understand this idea of people fighting like this. Um, my wife was showing me the other day. Uh, she teaches the class on domestic violence and she showed me statistics that black families, black couples have a whole lot more violence than white, Asian, Pacific Islander couples, all that that women and men in the black community have a, a twi are twice as likely to put their hands on each other. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no place for that in a relationship. You know, I, I just don't understand that at all. So, so with that being said though, you know, uh, if you exclude situations like that of genuine abuse, you want to be with somebody who knows not just how to be with you when they're getting along with you. You want somebody that knows how to have dignity, even if they don't get along with you. Like there are some women who will scream and holler to the end of the earth and try to destroy your name and be vengeful and bitter and nasty and harmful. Keep your kids away from you. Go tell you'll ruin your reputation. Try to take all your money because they want you to feel the pain that she feels. They want you to go through whatever she feels like she went through. And you may have done nothing wrong. You All you may have done is just said, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. That's There's no crime in that. But but still, they'll treat you like a criminal. And because you're a black man, they're going to everybody's going to believe them. Every uh, half the people, at least half, are going to believe that you did whatever the hell she claims that you did. But then there are quality women. There are women with dignity. You know, these are women. And shout out to you if you're in this category, because I see a lot of y'all in the chat. You know, the quality women are the ones who are like, look. Don't be putting your hands on me. Don't be abusing me. Treat me with respect. And as long as you do that, then, you know, then we're good. Like, like if we part ways, then we'll part ways amicably, quietly, and just kind of move on with our lives, you know? And, and I really think that's something that men don't get trained on. And, uh, and it's something I thought about a lot because I'm a thinker. I think about everything very carefully. I'm extremely strategic because I, you know, I'm a poker player and a mathematician and a chess. I, I played a little bit of chess. I, you know, when I played it, I liked it. I was good at it. And um, and I think about the moves, you know, and some of y'all out here playing checkers and you're smart enough to play chess, but you don't live in a culture that teaches black men to play chess. Give me a guess if you understand what I'm saying. You live in a culture that teaches black men to make dumbass decisions. You live in a culture that teaches black men to throw their lives away. You, you, why? Well, because they've trained you since birth to be a victim. And as a man, you ain't supposed to be no damn victim. Stop being a damn victim. Ain't nothing masculine about being a victim. You are the number one variable in terms of what happens in your life. And if you cannot accept that, then just don't listen to me anymore. Go listen to somebody who's going to sit and cry with you because that's not my job. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to prepare you. I want you ready for battle. I want you ready to make good decisions. I want you to be in a good place. I want you to win. I want you to be on top. I don't want you down in the gutter, but they want you down in the gutter so they can say, oh, that poor baby, that poor black man, he's he's a he's a 38-year-old baby, that poor baby. He, he got five babies, mamas, and eight kids, but he's a poor baby. He's a poor victim. And, and, and then they just feel sorry for you, and then they say, okay, everybody make sure you vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden going to fix it. Ain't no man going to fix your problems. Stop that. You live in a world where men are taken seriously in the sense that nobody feels sorry for you. I hate to say it, but that's just really true. You know, nobody feels sorry for men. 
when you tell another, when you cry, when you're whining to other men about how weak you are and how pathetic you are and how, how broken you are, they're just going to exploit you. They're going to take your money, take your girlfriend and laugh at you. It doesn't mean they won't have some empathy for that. I think that there should be safe spaces where you can be vulnerable, right? You maybe, if you get a good woman, maybe you can be vulnerable with her. Maybe your therapist, you know, maybe with yourself, you keep a journal or somebody cry to your teddy bear. But, but in this world of a, in this competitive society, Men can't really do that. You just can't. And really, women can't do it either. And black women understand that they got the, they understand the assignment better than some of y'all men do. I know black women like my old grandma, my grandma, Felicia. I need to get a picture of my grandma because I need y'all to just see her because I love her so much. And I love thinking about her and talking about her. But my grandmother, let me tell you how much of a badass my grandma was. Some of y'all probably got the same grandma. We all got that. You know, a lot of y'all got those tough grandmas, you know, like like damn near leather skin type grandmas that just 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 can, can endure anything. Well, my grandmother was so tough that she was in her 50s and she had cancer. And in the middle of her cancer, she was um, she had to go to chemotherapy. And while she was going to chemotherapy, she would go to chemotherapy in the morning and then go to work in the afternoon. Who does that? Who does that? If I had known that, now I was young, I was in college, so I didn't even know she was going through all this. If I if I had known and I had some resources, I would have, you know, like my parent, when my mama dealt with her, you know, cancer situation, I, I was all on it, you know, but I, so I was too young to do what I wanted to do for my grandmother. But, but when I found out about that story, literally 20 years later, and by the way, there's a picture of my grandmother. Her name is Felicia. Um, when I found out about that, I said, God, I felt so bad about it, but it just also made me just say, wow, this lady, Lord, that's amazing. You know, so, so, um, now again, I think she should have help, right? I think that our men, we got to be as tough as the women. And, and some of y'all men are tough. Some of y'all men are fighting. Some of you men are doing the right thing and you're going hard. And if you're in that category, I applaud you, but we also need to step up and teach these boys manhood. We need to teach them how to be tough. We need to teach them how to compete. We need to teach them how to be responsible. We need to teach them how to be ready. We need to teach them how to be reliable. We need really, honestly, in this society, we need to work on building a better black man. We do. As a community, we all, in general, whether you got kids or not, uh, any black man, I'm calling all real black men in the community, every real black man out here and every woman that loves us, that knows a real black man, um, I think that we have to have principles and standards that we raise these boys with. We do. We got to step in and and help them understand what manhood looks like, because a lot of them just don't know. They're listening to stupid rappers or they're watching, see, looking at what they see on TV. And if you think about this, think about this, right? What what kind of man can a boy be if he grows up watching like little Wayne, you know, who's always walking around high and drunk with a cup in his hand, uh, has complete sexual irresponsibility? Right. Babies everywhere, getting girls pregnant left and right, um, uh, involved in alcohol and drugs, no responsibility for the community whatsoever. And and really advocating for highly irresponsible economic choices like going to the club and throwing out, putting all your money in the stripper thong. That there's nothing there about that type of man that screams, you can depend on me. There's nothing about that type of man that says, uh, I'm going to be your hero. I'm going to represent your community. I'm going to fight for you. There's nothing about that type of man that says, I'm the kind of disciplined soldier that you're going to need when the heat gets hot, when things get hard. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And so so if you want to know, like just me being to give you a personal example, 
when I talk to uh, our son, because I get to be his bonus dad, he's got two dads, right? He's got his biological dad, and then and then there's me. Um, I told him, I said, you know, I think I want to summarize for you what I believe manhood means. And I said, the way I want you to think about it is I want you to do something in mathematics. We call this dynamic optimization. Dynamic optimization is where you you start at the end and you work your way backward. You start at where you want to end up and then you work your way back to what activities you need to engage in to get there. So I said, imagine it's your funeral. And imagine the funeral of a trifling Negro. The funeral of a trifling Negro is going to look something like this. First off, he because the Negro's trifling, he didn't save no money. He didn't invest nothing. He was on Instagram flashing money, but he didn't buy no life insurance. So his kids and his family have been embarrassed because they had to go to the church and stand in front of the church and beg for money for a GoFundMe account to bury this trifling Negro because he he chose not to make a plan for his future. Um, also, at this funeral, uh, you've got children coming up saying, oh, by the way, y'all didn't know he's my daddy, too. So he's got. So while he was uh, not investing in uh, financially for his future, he was investing in women's vaginas and and literally having sex with so many women and passing around as many diseases as he could. Uh, and so as a result, he's got 12 kids, seven babies, mamas. Not one of these children has any legacy left. No, no income, no wealth, no nothing. Uh, on top of that, uh, at, he, he's never been reliable uh, because he's chosen to chase drugs and vagina or and, and go in and out of jail and just make one bad choice after another with no accountability, maybe because his mama spoiled him. Because y'all know what I'm talking about, those bearded babies. Y'all know the bearded babies. We've talked about the bearded babies, the, the grown men who don't know how to take any accountability for anything or anyone other than themselves. I call them bearded babies because they look like men, but they're not. Uh, because he was a bearded baby, no one could rely on him. His children don't respect him. He's never come through for them. There's no woman that can say that man had my back. There's nothing, right? So at this funeral, people are having a hard time coming up with anything nice to say about him. They they can't. They can't say he ch he changed my life for the better. They can't say he helped me get wealth. They can't say he taught me so many things. They can't say he came for he came through for me in a in a pinch. There's nobody that can say this at this Negro funeral. So so I said to him, I said to my son, I said, "Is that the funeral that you want to have? Is that what you want? Do you want a funeral where there are people?" At this funeral, trying, having to find, figure out nice things to say about you because you were so fucking pathetic. Like, is that what you want? And he said, no. And I said, okay. I said, so if you want my opinion, this is just an Uncle Boyceism. This is just me. I said, if you want to know what manhood is to me, I want you to think about your funeral. And at your funeral, I would like for it to be a place where there are tons of people there who can say that my life is better because this man was in it. Because this powerful black man, this man, masculinity is powerful. Like women, y'all are powerful. For among many things, you have the ability to give life. We can't do that. But we have the ability to take it. We we can we we are powerful. We can grow something to make it amazing, or we can destroy. Men can be men, eventually when the earth gets destroyed, it's gonna be because of something men did. So so our power can be incredibly uplifting, or it can be horrifically destructive. It could be uh, uh, beneficial and confidence building, or it can be just the most traumatic shit you've ever seen in your life. If you've ever seen a man 
on a rampage. Uh, think about Robin Simpson, the, the poor woman who was murdered in Houston last week. Uh, she spoke at our convention. That's why I'm mentioning her name. Uh, she was murdered by her husband last week in Houston in front of their daughter. Their daughter will now carry generational trauma for the next 50, 100 years or more for the rest of her life and pass that to others because of this horrible thing that happened in front of her with her family. So people, the man that was supposed to protect the family became a murderer and stabbed her mother in the face 50 times. This is real. This really happened, right? This is, this is an example of, and it scares me. It bothers me because I met this man. I met him and I met his wife. His wife spoke at my convention. They did it. She did a great job and I had no idea he, that he could go to this level, but here's the thing. So what I want you to understand and what I explained to my son is that your masculinity has power. You know, you can either, uh, so, so think about this, right? If this guy had taken that same energy and done nothing but positive things for his family and for his daughter, he could have elevated them to a level that they couldn't have gotten to otherwise. You know, like I know I'm a powerful man. So when I, I moved in that house and I took on this wife, um, you know, when, when daddy moved in, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the bonus dad. They got another dad. The dad is a great guy. But when I moved in, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a juggernaut. I have a strong personality. I said, ain't no way these kids going to grow up in a house that's run by Boyce Watkins and not pick up certain views of the world. They're not going to be around me and not walk out of here ready to fight. They're not going to go out here ignorant, blind, deaf, dumb, and stupid. Not if you're hanging around me. You can't be in the car with me 5,000 times and not walk away with a certain frequency of your thinking. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so when I married my wife, I knew my role. My assignment in my mind was every person in this house, when they get older and when they're at my funeral, they're going to recall some memory of how something that I did had a positive impact on their life. Something I did had some impact on their ability to succeed. And I do that every day when I'm talking to you all. I've done 22,000 YouTube videos that have been seen by half a billion people. And my goal is that when y'all get to my funeral, I want all of y'all showing up and saying that something Boyce Watkins said affected me. It impacted me. And that is me in my perhaps, I don't know, perhaps it's a selfish sort of way. I have no idea saying that I'm a goddamn man and I'm using my masculinity for the benefit of the people that I care about. And Lord knows I care about you. I want you to win. I'm not second fiddle to the white man. I'm not the beta to his alpha. I'm a winner, period. And I think all of us can and should be winners. And I really think that the men that are winners that are listening, step out there and be that winner, be that leader, be that guide. Be that force, be that energy, be that lantern, be that protector, be that provider, be that person that is strong enough that you can take accountability for something other than yourself. Do not allow the world to trick you into growing up and becoming one of these goddamn bearded babies. Well, well you know, I, I, ain't, I don't owe nobody nothing. I don't, I don't care. I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't got to be no role model. All I, I just want my liquor, my hose, and my weed. And, and, you know, these white folks, they paying good. So I'm, I'm going on BET and I'm about to make me this rap song, bro. Cause I did it. Those are not, that's very anti black behavior, dude. This very anti black. Rappers, in my opinion, have very little credibility to me 
because unfortunately they think that talking loud and being loud is somehow the same as actually making progress and, and doing something substantive for the people that you care about. If you're really a man to me, you will tell me what you're responsible for. And this is not just true here. This is actually true in parts of Africa. There, there are African women that will tell you this. My friend Noma Lango, who lives in Botswana, she said in her village, if you're if you call yourself a man, but you're not responsible for anybody, you're not taking care of a wife and children or anything other than yourself. And you and you and you own no property and you have no say in, in, in anything other than like what pair of drawers you're going to wear that morning. You're not a, you're not a man. You're not seen as a man. You're seen as a little boy. So so we need as a community. We need to keep it, start building men and we got to do it ourselves. We can't. The problem, the reason that a lot of your men are not growing into men is because you're not you're not taking over the manufacturing process. You're dropping your, your sons off at the nigger factory and the nigger factory is producing nothing but, you know, niggas. And, that, and that's what they're doing. They, they, they don't want black men to be men. So so in order for you to have men, you're going to have to make them in your community. And unfortunately, ladies, the only way a man can really be built is a man. One essential ingredient in the building of a man is a man. <laughs> you, you, I, I know the black women, y'all can do it all. You're amazing. But but like I can't build my daughters into women I, I, I without their mother. Don't get me wrong. I can do a lot. I, I, my role is important, but I cannot make them into women. You cannot make that boy into a man because some of y'all think that your son's a man. And I look at him and, and instantly... I can smell that this this little boy ain't ready for to, for manhood. I, I can just pick up on it. And, and, and that's just a trait we have in our family because, you know, my daddy, I, I was raised by a real man. My biological father, unfortunately, he didn't meet the mark. But the father that raised me, very strong man. And we can just look at a guy just based on how he shakes your hand, based on how he makes eye contact, how he carries himself how he talks about his goals and objectives, how he, his sense of purpose, his choices in life. You can instantly tell when a man has not been prepared for manhood. And uh, in, in a lot of African tribes, there was a rite of passage where you had to do something. And after you did this thing, you became a man. We don't have a rite of passage. So you got a bunch of 40-year-old humans walking around with beards and penises, calling themselves men, who are still behaving as little boys. If you look at their choices in women, they act like little boys. If you look at their choices in terms of what they do with their time, they act like little boys. If you look at what they do with their money, they spend their money like little boys. And that's what everyone encourages. And the reason that you get deceived is because of money. Remember, my, my doctorate's in money. And what happens is that you think that the, like the money clouds your vision. You think that because this Negro's rich, that he's a successful man. No, he's a paid puppet. They pay him to engage in little boy behavior and to trick you into thinking he's a man. This is a tactic of white supremacy they've been using for thousands of years. They did that on Native Americans. When they wanted Native American kids to stop supporting their own community and stop supporting their own culture and speaking their own language, they would take them out of the village, educate them at a white school, force them to dress and behave and speak like white people, and then give them lots of money so that when they went back to the village, other little children would look up to them because money is a trick. Money can be a drug. Money can fool you into thinking that someone is a high-quality human being when they're actually not. And this was a this was an issue, the thing I had to take up with Kevin Samuels was I said, I said a high-value man is about a whole lot more than how much money he's got. There are a lot of low-value dudes that make a lot of money. 
high value goes so much deeper than how much money you have in your pocket. And that's something I think guys need to understand, especially if you don't have as much money as you want. There's so many ways you can contribute value that go beyond the size of your bank account. However, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that money does make a difference. So part of your manhood quest, part of your initiation, part of your rite of passage has to be an extreme understanding and how to make money, how to do business, how to do it as a grown man. Because if you're spending your life, if a black man is spending his life begging a white man for opportunities, he will always be the alpha. You will always be the beta. You cannot be the alpha if you are getting on your knees and begging another man to take care of you. That simply does not work. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I appreciate your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I hope this conversation helped you. Uh, I really do. And uh, also, if you will, uh, if you will do me the honor of please hitting the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe before you go. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and um, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com or you can go to boycewatkins.com and you can find it there. Uh, also, if you'd like for me to send you profit alerts or our five dollar a day investing plan or free resources from the Black Business School. Just text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996, and I'll send you the stuff. And uh, and that's it, guys. So tomorrow, we're going to be doing uh, uh, Dr. Boyce Book Club. We're reading Poweronomics books by Dr. Claude Anderson. We already read Poweronomics. We read Black Labor, right? White Wealth. Now we're working through the Black History Reader, where he's giving you all the secrets of Black history that you never knew. If you'd like to join us, uh, just go to b1nation.us. And that is where you can actually um, join our social media platform that pretty much got us off of Facebook and and uh, and, and and Instagram and all that stuff, because y'all know we had some problems over there. But it's all good. We are moving forward and we are still reaching millions of people. And also, last but not least, this podcast is on Spotify. So just look up my name on Spotify. You can find us there. So thank you so much for listening. God bless you. I'm going to go hang out with my parents for a little bit. And uh, it, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I hope you guys have a wonderful night. I'll see you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.